Welcome to season three of Fit to Be Radio. The goal of this season is to dive deep into real life fitness applications, exploring how exercise and core strength play out in situations we all face every day. You should know that Fit to Be Radio is a production of Fit to Be Studio, an online family friendly workout portal which specializes in home workouts and e courses for postpartum women of all ages. So, hey, strap on your sneakers and take us for a walk while we talk, or just grab your favorite drink and get on the floor and stretch while you enjoy the show. Hey, everyone, welcome to Fit to Be Radio. My name is Chris Benke. I'll be hosting this podcast, and I'm here with Beth as usual. Beth, how are you doing? Awesome. Good. Very excited for this one. You're, you're prepping the day, getting everything ready, and you've got filming coming up and this amazing yes. podcast that we're on right now and mm-hmm. your favorite thing in the world, which is driving four hours. I know that's your favorite thing. You just look forward to it. It's just oh, it's so awesome. Get flat butt syndrome right before I film. Always good. <laughs> I am just going to leave that one right there. We also have with us uh, Marissa Ro- Froze. And Hello. hearing a buzzing, this is literally my desk is going down and I cannot stop it. <laughs> so that is what happens real time. Just get down like this anyways. Um, so that's crazy. Um, but Marissa. Aside from my desk moving up and down when it's not supposed to, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I good. Uh, and where got are a you? little nap and now I'm ready to go. <laughs> that is perfect. Where are you in the world right now? I am in Nova Scotia, Canada. Okay. Oh, gosh. So you're, is that four hours ahead of the West Coast or? Exactly. Hours? Four, four hours, hours ahead. Yeah. Four hours ahead. Well, how how is it four hours from now? Um, well, it's nice out. It's gray. Um, we're hoping for some rain because it's been super dry. But um, yeah, it's a nice day. Good. Got some laundry hung on the line earlier this morning, and that was nice. That sounds yeah. like a good shoulder workout. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm excited about today's. I think. Today's is a good kind of, um, to some degree, divergent from our normal podcast topics. And and I'm really excited about it, actually, for a lot of reasons. But um, I know that, Beth, you and Marissa, you've known each other for a little bit, right? Have you Mm -hmm. met in person or are you just digital friends? Just digital friends. friends. I I actually won a giveaway like 11 years ago. (laughs) and That's how I found out about Fit to Be. You oh, are you serious? Wow. Yeah. Gosh, yep. in, in internet years, that's like 300 years ago. I know. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> that's when my my youngest was born and I entered a giveaway and won it. I think I won a month. Been with wow. you ever since. Wow, that's amazing. That is amazing. So what a great story. So for connecting for this particular podcast, Beth, why don't you kind of lay a foundation how you guys can have been connecting since the giveaway and um, and kind of introduce Marissa. I don't have a, a good bio. And I'm mm. just meeting Marissa for the first time today. So set us up, Beth. Well, um, Marissa sent me some questions, you know, years ago on Instagram. And then I ended up following her because she's just got this beautiful farm 
up there in Nova Scotia and she puts out some really great recipes. And so I've learned a lot from her as well. And then um, several years ago when she got cancer, um, I continued to follow her journey and have just been impressed with her resilience and the way that she's gone through this. And then I started my breast cancer rehab coach certification a couple of years ago, and I'm still muddling through that. And Marissa has been um, a source for me to connect with and bounce a few things off and, and practice some of my training on. And so we're going to be talking today about this weird paradox between these notions that if you get cancer, then exercise is no longer important. But the reality is that it in some ways becomes more important Mm -hmm. because exercise is still needed to improve circulation and keep your bones strong. It it remains the number one thing that improves mental health and bone density and chemotherapy and cancer attack those things. So um, they, they are the gold standard, but it can get really challenging. However, Marissa has continued to work with us and, and work with me and help me learn. And I just think she has such a great perspective to share. So we brought her on. That is awesome. I have never done a podcast before, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, so far, you're doing amazing. Your desk isn't going up and down and causing a distraction. You're doing fantastic <laughs> so far. <laughs> so this is, this is I, I, I love this for a couple reasons, but one of the reasons I like it is, is that we have proven we're not afraid to talk about anything on this podcast um, because it's really about real life from real people um, and the people we interview, it, it, we're always talking about real things mm-hmm. and leave it to Beth to always talk about real things, by the way. Um, <laughs> so I love it. I think it's important and I think it's probably going to be one of the most important ones that we do. So um, with that, you know, Marissa, why don't you kind of set the stage for us um, where you are in your life, what is happening, how, how the, the fitness side ties in, but really just from a a life perspective, a life experience perspective, kind of where you are and um, what's happening right now. Kind of set the stage for us. All right. Um, So I was first diagnosed with breast cancer, um, two kinds, uh, invasive ductal carcinoma and lobular carcinoma in uh, 2020. Um, I was told right from the beginning that I was um, stage four, um, so essentially terminal. Um, but the prognosis got a little bit better, um, then, and I went through treatment. I opted for, um, a mastectomy on the one side and, and then I did do chemo and radiation. Um, and then, in 2022, December of 2022, um, I had a recurrence. So um, I'm now palliative. Um, I was given three months. Um, I've surpassed three months. So <laughs> um, we'll uh, 
take it as it goes. Um, I am on some new treatments, um, endocrine therapy that is um, kind of newer. Um, And I have another treatment coming up that um, we're hoping will just keep giving me a little bit more longevity. Um, So yeah, that's kind of where I am um, in terms of cancer. Um, Yeah, it's kind of a weird, (laughs) weird place to be. Um, The other thing is, is that because in the last few months, the cancer spread so rapidly, I actually ended up having a spinal injury. Um, I broke my back. Um, So... I have been uh, in and out of palliative care, um, pain management, all of that stuff. But um, thankfully now in the last three weeks, I've been able to be back at home. Um, I sort of rotate between a wheelchair and walking. And yeah, I have quite a bit more mobility within the last week, which is kind of odd. I'm fairly pain-free right now thanks to some new meds. And so, yeah, I'm home and kind of able to do a bit, but I have, I have a surgery coming up to sort of stabilize my hips from breaking more. (laughs) There's a lot of cancer. Um, And so I'm not allowed to do a whole lot because I need this surgery first. And then, and we hope I'll be more mobile, but yeah, kind of for the duration, I'll be, I'll be in and out of a wheelchair. Um, at home, I can walk around, and then anytime I go anywhere, I'm in a wheelchair. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Life is much, much different. Um, back in February, I was still milking my cow and riding my horse and doing farm work and now I am not doing any of those things, but I stood on my porch and hung laundry on the line today. So we're making steps. I think that's so beautiful. (laughs) Like I I know the shoulder work that goes into hanging laundry because I, I do that in the summer times too. And I know that as much as you can keep moving and doing what you're able to do, it will maintain more quality of life for you as you head into surgery and also come out of the surgery. Yeah. And it's such, I know you've got three little girls, right? Yeah. Well, they're not so little anymore. They're 15, 13 and 11, but yes, three Mm -hmm. girls. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And they, they hold school. So they're, they're home and they help out with a ton of stuff, but yeah, I'm still, I'm still trying to be mom and do do what I can as much as I can. Well, I just, I, I just want to say, I, I think what you're the way that you're talking about it and you're kind of what I'm gathering is your approach is inspiring. And I just know that there are people that are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, wow, it's a powerful testimony of what she's saying to not just take whatever you're given and just settle into that. But you're like stepping into um, 
the treatments and the new treatments and not, you know, kind of just looking at it from this um, positive perspective. I'm gathering some of this just based yeah. on what you're talking. Um, and now you've surpassed what they've told you and you're going into the surgery with confidence and you're, you're still living your life, which is amazing. It's amazing testimony. I think it's very cool. Yeah. What, um, like, I know you've continued to do, to do a few fit to be things and some of the stuff that we settled on when you and I met a while back. Can you tell people like what's working for you right now? Like in terms yeah. of, movement? so, I mean, right now it's pretty limited what I'm supposed to do. So I'm, I can work kind of my upper body and then just, um, a few stretches like of my legs and, and feet. So like I use the, the rubber bands, you know, to kind of like, yeah. just like some, very gentle hip flexors and things like that. Um, everything's sitting like I don't, I can't do anything um, just because my hips are so fragile. Mm -hmm. um, I can't do anything that's like lifting my legs or anything like that. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, like, and then because of my, uh, my spinal fracture, then I also have to be super careful of that still. So mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm basically I use like the little one pound dumbbells and, you know, just do mm -hmm. like some shoulder, shoulder rotations and, you know, just like some very like gentle bicep curls and, and those type things. Um, because of some of my medications to just kind of get me through to surgery, I'm, I'm all like, I'm pretty weak. Um, so yeah, I can't, I can't do a whole lot. It's, it's so bizarre mm -hmm. actually, because I went from being so strong to, I mean, even after, even after I had my mastectomy, like, you know, I, I worked out right from, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, oh, you know, like they start you on the stretches. I did those and then, you know, kept, kept working out all through chemo, everything. Um, and then once I was done chemo, I, I got pretty strong again, but, mm -hmm. um, with the spinal fracture, basically I just lost all mm -hmm. muscle bone. So, um, yeah, well, the spine is right in the middle of everything. So, yeah. And I, I guess I was just really not, I mean, it was really an unexpected part of cancer for me. I didn't, I just didn't expect it. And mm -hmm. I don't know that you can be prepared for anything, but um, yeah, I had no idea that when you, when your spine is fractured, that you can lose your muscle tone almost completely. <laughs> so, yeah. um, yeah, I've learned that since. Um, but yeah, like, I feel like, um, even just doing like the small weights, um, have a, I, f I forget to do it a lot, but, um, when I remember, I feel like it is helping it just, you know, helps me feel more mobile and, and just, yeah, like, I, I hope that um, I will gradually get a little bit stronger. I mean, I have no idea how long I have. Um, yeah. Hopefully years, I mean, the potential yeah. is with some of my new medications, I could have a long time. And um, I would like to gradually get back to, you know, you know, 
doing a little more and stuff. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's, it feels like it's not too much. You know, I have my, my little one pound happy yellow dumbbells in my, <laughs> little, <Yep. laughs> my little band by my chair and I just pull them out when I think about it and yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. For... Then tuck them back in and. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So. Yep. So so Marissa, I'm I'm thinking through the timeline here, and so I'm gathering that you've been going through all of this throughout the COVID season. You know, yes. 2020. So yeah. <laughs> how is that? How is how is that? And and. Um, well, that has been fairly bizarre. I mean, I never went through cancer before that, so I don't know how different it was. But, um, yeah, a, a lot of it I've had to do alone. Um, I don't know what it's like in the States, but in Canada, um, a lot of – I wasn't allowed to have anybody in the hospital with me for a lot of my stuff. Wow. Um, so yeah, all of my chemo and everything, I went through all of that, um, on my own. Um, my recent, like my, uh, for palliative care, um, my family, everybody's allowed to be with me now. Um, That's good. so yeah, whenever I end up in palliative care, which is mostly because I, if the pain isn't manageable at home, yeah. um, then I, I go there, um, then yeah, anybody, anybody's allowed to be with me. So I kind of have a revolving door and a lot of friends come in and stuff, but yeah, so it, it was, it's been challenging for sure. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. I remember you sharing a lot of your experience with mm -hmm. dealing with restrictions and lockdowns and, yeah. and medical protocols while navigating a cancer uh, prognosis and, and treatment and surgery. And it was horrible for yeah. you. It was very eye-opening. Yeah. And, and um, you, again, you modeled so much courage and um, yeah, I can only think that your girls are going to be growing up to be very feisty little advocates for themselves and others. They are, they are certainly feisty and very opinionated. Um, That's good. Yeah. This has been challenging for them for sure. Um, just, we've been really open with them mm -hmm. right from the start, like just yeah. telling them how, how it is because I, I really don't know. I don't know how long I have. So, just mm -hmm. wanting them to know that mm. kind of what's going on every step of the way, not to be blindsided <laughs> by whatever ends up happening. And mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard for them for sure. And they've yeah. had to step up and grow up in some ways that I would rather they didn't have to. Um, yeah. But yeah, even even through this, I feel like part of what I've tried to do is to keep modeling to them that you don't stop just because someone tells you you're not going to make it. You don't. Yeah. Up because yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's kind of, there I it mean, is. 
can be kind of the temptation is to feel like my life is over and my life is very different than, than it was. I've never spent so much time sitting in a chair in my entire life, but it is, mm -hmm. it is what it is, but yeah, like I just, so far I haven't given up. <laughs> Some days I feel like it, but yeah. I love keeping it. I'm so like I feel looking like for a pen so I can write down, you don't stop just because somebody tells you you're not going to make it. <laughs> like, yeah, that applies to so many things. Even the person choosing to run a marathon who knows they're not going to do it fast, they know they're right. not going to win it, but right. they do it anyway. Um, yeah. And this, your statement and your experience takes it to a whole different level. Yeah. So Marissa, I feel like there's a couple different groups um, that need to hear the, this message that you have. So, so one group is, is someone that's in a similar situation to you, but they're not facing it with the kind of tenacity that you're facing it. And then the other group is someone that is, has a family member or close friend that is going through what you're going through. So what would you say to each of those different groups? Like as someone that is in the midst of it right now, like the, the difficult, hard part of it um what do you what would you say to them like what's the right response how should they look at it well i guess i would say like if you're going through it i think right from the start you have to look at it with a perspective of hope um because wow. yeah. <laughs> you hope. think that if you don't have hope then getting through it and keeping going is nearly impossible. Um, but then you start small. Um, like, mm -hmm. I guess that's the thing for me right now is I've always been kind of a go big or go home. And my kids always say that to me and well, I can't go big anymore. So now I, I go small, but, if I do that every day and just keep going a little bit at a time, then mm. maybe eventually it'll be wow. a little bigger. There wow. it is. But that's so yeah. Neat. I think, I think that's the thing is that you kind of got to work at it a little bit every day or it just gets too hard. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. I mean, whether that's, whether it's fitness, which obviously looks completely different for me now than it did even a few months ago. Um, but if it's, if it's just a little bit at a time and then you build on that, then I think, yep. I think, yeah, it's so huge because wow. I think uh, with cancer, I mean, breast cancer, like you were saying, Beth, like bone density. And obviously I have a huge problem with bone density right now, but all of those things, movement and activity, whether it's, you know, workouts or just being active, it's mm -hmm. huge. Like mm -hmm. your body cannot fight cancer if you don't keep moving in some way. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting mm -hmm. in a chair a lot of the time, but I'm still really aware of that is that, you know, if I want to be able to keep going past this thing, um, then 
I have to keep, I have to keep doing it. I have to keep moving. I have to keep my body working in some way. And obviously I can't do impact stuff right now, um, which would be helping my bone density if I could. Mm -hmm. So it's catch 22, but yeah, that's, so, I mean, I guess that would be what I would say to somebody going through it. And then for, for people with family or loved ones, I mean, yeah, just sometimes tough love is needed. I have, I have a few friends who, you know, they keep pushing me because they know that, that, that I need that too. So I need reminders. Have you done this? Have you, are you still, are you still using your little yellow weights? Are you, are you keeping stretched out? Are you, you know, all of that, like just, it's, it's a lonely, Mm -hmm. bizarre road. Like I, I, I feel like now, especially in the last couple months, it's just, it's, so hard to explain. I, I hardly even know how to process it um, and explain it, but it's right. It can be really lonely. And so having people just going alongside me has been yeah. my, my friends that have shown up at palliative care and massaged my legs. And, mm. you know, when I'm just like in the throes of like horrible pain and I don't even really remember them being there, but just knowing that they're there um, mm -hmm. has been huge. So yeah, I guess mm -hmm. just stick with people because it can be, it can be hard to stick with people. It's hard to know what to say. Right. I mean, especially when you're told you're palliative or, you know, you're at the end of your life, you're terminal whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, people have a really hard time dealing with dying and death. Um, yeah. So would you say to someone that's like, well, I don't know what to say. Would, would, would your, I don't know if this is the right response, but would your response to them be, don't worry about that. Just don't like the time is more important. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't, I'm not going to pretend that, that I'm going to live for a long time because I don't know, but I'm not afraid of dying and I'm not afraid of talking about dying. Um, and it just, it is what it is. Like it's mm -hmm. part of life and yeah, I'm dying, but so are you all like, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I just might be a little bit faster. Um, so spend time with me well well you got me. <laughs> and yeah. then you know, we'll figure it out as as we go. Obviously, you know, with my husband and my kids, that's that's hard sometimes. It's hard to talk to your kids about dying and that they might, you know, say goodbye to you anytime, especially this year when they were like, You have a few months. That's like, wow. Uh, okay. Um, and now, you know, it's different. Now they're saying, oh, well, you know, maybe you have longer. They don't really know. Nobody can really actually tell me right. that. Yeah. And right. right now, you know, I'm, 
I'm healthy and every like not healthy, but you know, <laughs> everything's yeah. looking good. Like you know, yeah. all my work is you know doing okay and like nothing's shutting down. Yeah, all of that. But you know, it could change, and and then we could be in a completely different place, and and that's hard. It's it's not. There's nothing fun about it, but. <laughs> Marissa, I feel like one of the things that, you know, I'm thinking through as you're saying it is it, someone told you you have you, you're going to die soon. Um, but the truth is, like, none of us know how much time we have. Like, like I could have a brain aneurysm while we're on this podcast. Like, yeah. we just don't know. So I, I part of part of what I hear you saying is. Yes. Part of what I hear you saying, Marissa, is that like we shouldn't be taking anything for granted. And um mm -hmm. and the the thing that you said where um like Beth texted it to me, you don't stop just because someone tells you you're not going to make it. Like that is true whether someone tells you or not, like we should be paying attention to the time that we have because we don't actually know we're all given some unknown quantity of time. So yeah. I feel mm -hmm. like that's a really powerful thing. And to hear you have such a incredible perspective on it um, should help all of us that are all, all of us are terminal, um, you know, should help yeah. all of us to keep that in perspective as we're going through, right? Like, you know, these little cliche things like don't sweat the small stuff suddenly becomes really true yeah. and applicable. Yeah. Yeah. One other thought I had as you were talking, Marissa, was um, this meme I've seen a few times in the last week, which was um, if all you've got is 40% to give, then that is your 100%. Right. And you know, so that little, I love how you said those happy little one pound yellow weights. I got to get me some of those now. <laughs> I, I got to find some of those. I, I got to find happy some of little them. One pounders. Well, and yellow has been a theme in my life lately. Um, like, I don't know. It just keeps popping up. And that's actually the one color I didn't do for our color series. <laughs> and now I'm like, hmm, maybe I need to do yellow, but I'm reluctant to dye my hair yellow. I don't know. I just don't. <laughs> uh, but this concept of <laughs> whatever, whatever you can do and it matters mm -hmm. and it matters for your girls to see yeah. that mom is trying and mom is not giving up right and mom is doing what she can and we can be so all or nothing we can yeah. be such perfectionists and then we are tempted to not do anything if we can't do everything right. yeah. and what you're doing though is your everything. And it's so clear. It's so easy to see that we need to apply that same clear vision of grace to ourselves too, on our bad days. I had one yesterday, gosh, I felt like nothing was going right. And I was just feeling like the worst mom and, um, ah, just so frustrating. And, but then my daughter came in and gave me this big hug and just said, mom, you're doing your best. And gosh, like, I'm so glad she can see that. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad that, um, that you're modeling that. And I had a colleague recently that was like, you shouldn't exercise to be an example. Like that shouldn't be a motivation, but I disagree. Yeah. It is one of my big motivations. And I, I can hear that in you too, as, as sure. well. 
Yeah, I mean, it's very possible that my kids, my girls will deal with the stuff that I'm dealing with. And mm-hmm. I often say to them, you know, these things that I'm trying to do, these are things I want you to do so that you don't, potentially mm-hmm. you don't get to where I am, if possible. And yeah. and so that you're prepared. Like that's that's the thing, like... One of, one of the things when I was first diagnosed is people were like, you've always been so healthy. You've always been the healthiest person I know. Well, I didn't do, I didn't live that way so that I wouldn't get cancer. I lived that way because that was what was best for my body, for me. And so that I could deal with whatever came my way. And I just mm-hmm. happened to be the one who got cancer the way I did. And, you know, like it's sure, maybe it's not going to keep me alive till I'm 90, but it's given me a quality of life that Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't doubt that for a second. And I want, I want my girls to see that and I want them to live that way too. Right. Yep. So good. So good. Well, we really appreciate you coming on and sharing all this with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Just being open. Yep. Yeah. This has been, um, it's been super good to hear such a powerful perspective from you. Like I, I just very much appreciate um, the way that you're talking about it. And I'm certain that your family um, understands that and appreciates it, you know, as well. But, you know, a lot of people, don't think about things with such a what's with such a good perspective like you so i think this is going to be helpful to a lot of people and then the other thing too is for the people that are listening that have someone in their family or they're close you know someone that's close to them that's also going through something like this just hearing you say look just be there for them don't you don't have to figure out what to say it's hard to know what to say right like just don't even worry about that just like be there with them yeah and be supportive and ask them what they need and how you can be supportive. I think that's really important too. Yeah. So I just appreciate you being willing to, to pour into the people that are going to hear this and that are listening to this and, and helping uh, encourage them to, to mm-hmm. take their steps. Right. And um, I think that's super awesome. Beth, you have mm-hmm. any, any last thoughts or. Um, I don't. Uh, I want to make sure people know where to find Marissa. She's on Instagram. I think it's marissa.froze, F-R-O-E-S-E, right? M-A-R-I-S-S-A dot froze. Yep. Yeah. She's a great follow. That's pretty much my only social media. So, well, not pretty much. That is my only social media. So if you want to find me, that's where you find me. She's great. Well, thanks again, Marissa. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fit to Be Radio. I hope you'll subscribe to our show and support us and our guests by clicking on the links we mentioned during the episode, which you'll find in the show notes wherever you're listening or watching. We'd also be so grateful if this episode helped you in any way, if you take a moment to share it on social media, be sure to follow us on Instagram at fit to be studio 
on Facebook, Fit to Be Tummy Safe Fitness, and on Twitter, at Fit to Be. And if you're looking for family-friendly, affordable, tummy-safe workouts to do at home, start your membership today at fittobe.com. Thank you.